In this episode, I give you my tips for finding and dealing with great suppliers. You're listening to the Amazon Private Labeler Show podcast, hosted by seven-figure e-commerce seller and digital entrepreneur, Nick Landowski. This is the show to get the tips and strategies to take your business to the next level. So strap in and get ready, because it's time to escape the rat race and build your own e-commerce empire. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. What is going on? Welcome to episode number 123 of the Private Labeler Show. How the heck are you guys doing? I am pumped. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Hopefully your businesses are just rocking and rolling right now. Thanks again for joining me for another amazing episode of the Private Labeler Show. Super pumped that you guys could be here. And haven't put out a podcast in a little while. I was actually, some of you guys might know this, I was actually in the great country of Costa Rica for a little while. Had had a blast out there with some friends for a while, just on some R&R, exploring the country. We did all kinds of stuff. We took ATVs through the uh, through the mountains and through the jungles. That was a wild time. We chased after some monkeys, had a good time with them, and did some fishing with the locals, just all kinds of stuff. Hung out on the beach, had some great food. So I highly recommend you guys check out Costa Rica if you've never been there. We're actually already making plans to go back another time in the very near future. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that already. So while I was chasing monkeys around in Costa Rica, everybody, my business was making money. It was basically on full autopilot. Didn't really take a lot of my attention away from my, from my trip and my vacation. And that's what I love about this business. So these are the things I was striving for for so long just to have that type of business where I could get away and still be making money 24-7. So totally loving it, guys. Totally loving it. And again, check out Costa Rica if you're looking for a great, great time. But I wanted to throw something your way, some some news that just came down actually as I was uh, beginning to put this episode together. Uh, I got an email. I don't even think this was on the portal yet, but if you're a small and light seller, just got a communication effective today. This is really big. Effective today. Um, all small and light sales are, are going to be treated the same as Amazon FBA sales when it comes to returns. So uh, the small and light return process was really confusing and really funky for the customers and caused all sorts of issues and communication problems. And it left customers upset. So Amazon basically said going forward today that they're treating all those returns the same as Amazon FBA returns where the customer can go on the dashboard and uh, process the refund and send or return and send in the item. So it's all going to be the same effective today. So very excited to hear that personally. You guys know I have some items listed in small and light. And uh, if you do as well, uh, check your email for that communication. So I actually... Actually, uh, some months back, I was upset with that part of the small and light program, and I actually emailed Jeff at Amazon.com. That's how mad I was about their their process for the returns because it was such a mess, and it caused all sorts of customer confusion. And that was like the only negative point of small and light. So it looks like not only myself, but others probably complained about it, and Amazon got it together. Kudos to them. Thumbs up to them. And they hopefully fixed it. Sounds like they did. So everything's going to be treated the same. So maybe they'll be posting that on the portal as well. So wanted to quickly cover that for you guys. So let's get down right to business here, everybody. Let's talk about the topic at hand. And I want to share with you guys my tips that I've come up with over the years for not just finding great suppliers, but how do you deal with those suppliers once you've uncovered them? So um, let's say 
you've automat or you've already found that product that you want to sell on Amazon or whatever. Uh, so if you want a private label or whatever it might be, now you need to actually find somebody to make it for you. And it's really easier said than done. Um, there are so many different suppliers that you could potentially work with, but you don't want to work with just any supplier. It's just really important that you nail this part of the process, okay? That you build a strong relationship up with a great supplier that you can depend upon and create a win-win business relationship with, okay? So again, let's say you've already established that you know what product that you want to sell. Now you need to go to the next step. So what most people do, and there's nothing wrong with this, but what most people do is they fire up sites like Alibaba.com or they go to Global Sources or maybe ThomasNet. Or, you know, if you're really ambitious, you might actually even go to like trade shows and things like that. All are great ways to start making relationships or finding certain suppliers that can help make your product. The only problem with some of those ways that I just mentioned is that they can become very time consuming, okay? So, you know, if you go on to alibaba.com as one example, like most people do, and let's say you wanted to sell a grill brush, you could simply type that in the search and you're gonna find tons and tons and tons of suppliers that can help make a grill brush for you. And you're thinking, hey, that's great, but here's the problem. Uh, you're not gonna wanna work with just any supplier and it can become very confusing on what's the best supplier to work with, okay? So there only may be a, a few handful of really good suppliers that are um, really gonna be of interest to you. And there may be a lot of really bad ones that you really wanna avoid. And unfortunately, it can take a lot of time to kind of weed them out, okay? So as an example, if you are going to use a site like Alibaba or Global Sources or whatever, one of the things that you got to make sure that you look for, and this is one of the things I look for right off the bat, you know, if I'm using those, um, those sites there, if I type in Grill Brush or whatever, one of the things I look for is how long has that supplier been in business, okay? So, and also how much business have they been getting? How many orders do they typically have, okay? So if they've been in business a long time, that's a great sign. That's a great sign that, you know, and they're getting a lot of orders that they're doing a really good job because people keep going back to them, okay? So if a supplier's, you know, maybe really brand new, I might not want to take my chance on them if they only have like one year in business or two year in business. Not to say that they're a bad supplier, just that I would opt for a supplier that's got a longer track record that I can measure that, you know, people keep going back to them over and over and over again. So sites like Alibaba, as an example, they'll show you that. So take a look at how long they've been in business, okay? Kind of basic stuff, but don't overlook it. Now, the other thing that I pay attention to is if I'm on a site like Alibaba, I'll look to see like how well are their, how, how well are they presenting their business? So on their Alibaba page, like how well does it seem organized? Do they have good pictures? Do they have good descriptions, visuals, all these different things that I'll kind of take a look at. And if it just seems like it's a disorganized clutter mess and I go on their regular website tool and it's just a mess, then I'll probably avoid them. Okay. So I just look at, you know, do they have things organized? Is it is it clear and concise? Does it look like they have their you know what together, okay? So it's kind of a minor thing, but those are just visual things that I kind of pay attention for. And you know, if you're using a site like Alibaba as an example, you can look for different things that they rank these uh, suppliers on as well, or different things uh, that they kind of measure them on. One of the things is gold supplier, okay? So I probably wouldn't work or talk, even attempt to talk to a supplier that's on Alibaba if they're not a gold supplier. Also, uh, Alibaba also has like an on-site check 
thing that they'll throw out there. So make sure that they have that listed on their page and a look to see, do they accept things like trade assurance? Okay. So, you know, Alibaba will kind of uh, scope them out and check them out for you. Are they hitting those marks there? And if they're not, you know, I might just kind of, um, pass them by and, and go on to the next one. So other thing too is like, uh, if you're on Alibaba or these other sites, you can look at their company profile, do that, okay? They might have a video kind of touring you around their facilities, their offices, things like that, showing you their workers in action. And you can really gauge a lot by these company profile pages, either on Alibaba or on the regular sites as well. It gives you a really good indication. Like, does it look like they have their, their stuff together? Does it look like they're a really well-run company? If they don't have things like that, then that might be a red flag for me, okay? In kind of this process of weeding out who you wanna even start talking to and who you don't, okay? So all those things that I mentioned, if you kind of go factory or supplier by supplier off of these pages and things like that, again, they could be really, really time consuming to kind of vet all of these suppliers one by one that way before even, again, decide to even start talking to these people. So what I'd actually recommend that sellers do is just avoid wasting time with this and just cutting right to the chase. There is a much quicker, much more efficient way of finding great suppliers, and that is by using and searching the public import records, okay? And just simply finding out who are the top sellers doing the most volume in that niche that you're interested in, and again, searching the public information, the import records to find what specific suppliers they are dealing with because that's all public information, okay? So if they are consistently using specific suppliers over and over and over and over for a long period of time, they've kind of done the vetting for you for, for the type of supplier that you'd wanna be looking for. So here's an example. Let's say, again, I wanna sell grilling accessories or grill brushes. I, all I have to do is find out who are the major players, maybe not just on Amazon, maybe in other platforms as well, but who are the major players in that space? Who's doing the most volume day in and day out? And simply from there, I want to find out what brands those are, but also what is their company name? So on Amazon, you can find out both just by clicking around. So once I have that information of, you know, maybe the handful of top players, I can then go to public search information or for the import records, I can go to sites like pangeva.com and I can start searching for that information. I can put in maybe the brand name or their company name. And hopefully this, this doesn't work always a hundred percent of the time because it depends upon how they're kind of laying their company stuff out. But I can find then import records and on those import records, it'll show the supplier that they are using or suppliers that they've used. Okay. So from there, I can start to write some of those suppliers down. And if I start to see a particular supplier or two that's constantly used for their orders, I can kind of assume or at least think that, hey, uh, they must be having really great success with them. There must be really great relationship there. Maybe they're getting you know, really good service, great pricing, all that kind of stuff. And therefore, I can kind of cut right to the chase and then just reach out to that particular supplier or suppliers directly, okay? A lot easier. So... Um, if you guys remember, I had Greg Mercer on the podcast not too long ago, and that's something that he talked about, uh, a tip that he gave. And one of the reasons uh, he brought it up is he says, hey, you know, there's sites like Pangeva that you can use, or actually, if you even just Google, there's other sites as well. Some of them are subscription services. Some of them allow you free searches for a while. 
but they're actually, we're going to be embedding or um, importing all that information into their Jungle Scout web app. Okay. So that's been out, I think for maybe a month now. And you know, it's, it's a great tool. So I would definitely recommend that you guys check that out because they have it all built into there. Very, very great idea by those guys. So what I've done, since this is kind of hard to verbally uh, explain, I've actually decided to create a video just for this podcast, just breaking that process down for you guys so you can see it with your own eyes. So again, I'm making a video just for this podcast for what I just explained there. So I, what I want you to do is go right to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 123. Okay, privatelabelershow.com forward slash 123. Do that right now. Do that after the episode, what have you. But from there, you'll be able to see all this in action of finding a supplier, finding their company name, and then popping it in to the web app or into these other sites, and then finding that list of their suppliers that they're, that they're working with, and then how you can reach out to those suppliers directly right through their own sites and start that conversation. So make sure you guys check that out. And then as you view the video, please make sure you like it and you comment on it as well if you have any questions, okay? So I kind of just wanted to throw that out there because it's it's very, uh, very different when you can see it visually uh, compared to like me actually just kind of talking about that process. So if you want to cut right to the chase, that's what the top sellers do, guys. They just basically search those import records to get that process started. Okay, so let's transition here a little bit to the next step in the process. So what I would advise you to do is, you know, once you have like your, I don't know, three, four, five potential suppliers that you want to start reaching out to, you know, have that list ready to go, but you need to have a strategy and a plan. And what you're going to do is you're going to kind of see how well these particular suppliers, once you reach out to them, like how well do they respond to you? How responsive are they? All those different things that you're going to kind of grade them on so that you can decide who are, who are the best ones that you're going to want to work with. Okay. So here's some stuff that's really important to note though. When you reach out to these initial uh, suppliers, to the um, to the reps that you're going to get connected with, don't think that just because you reach out to them that they have to respond to you, that they have to work with you. It's not how it works at all. These reps often get paid on commission, okay? And they get a lot of tire kickers on a daily basis that are reaching out to them, wasting their time. So if they sense that you're just kind of wasting your their time and you don't have a plan and you're hard to deal with or you're going to be hard to deal with, there's a good chance that they won't even won't even respond to you, won't even deal with you for very long. It's really important to note that, okay? So if you have a strategy and you have a plan and you show them that you mean business and that you're prepared and you're organized and uh, you're going to be a player and you're going to help them make money, that's a good thing. And they're going to want to then respond to you and work with you. So just kind of always keep that in the back of your mind. You know, in fact, I, I have a... Um, a rep that actually I've been dealing with for years now. And she told me, I think it was about six months ago. She says, yeah, you know, we've been instructed by our boss to just even, even customers that, you know, are, are placing orders with them. If they're not big enough orders time, you know, on a consistent enough basis that they're not even going to deal with them anymore, that they're just focused in on bigger customers, actually, you know, making them more money and things like that. So that's kind of how this game works. So if you come with your initial inquiries, not really knowing what you want or, you know, having a plan, then that's why in a lot of cases people don't get responses. Okay. It's just really that simple. So I have always a set list of questions that I will initially send out to the supplier. So that might be like through email or through messaging. It really all kind of depends upon the platform that I'm trying to reach out to them. 
But um, here's kind of my set list of questions. And I, I usually tell the uh, the factory or the, the supplier that I'm working, that I want to work with, you know, I usually kind of come across that I'm some sort of a purchasing manager for XYZ company or whatever it might be. However you word it, it's totally up to you. But I want to kind of showcase some credentials there. And I have, again, a set list of initial questions. And don't worry about writing these, these down or whatever. These will all be in the show notes. But I'll simply send off a, a numbered organized list of questions. It's really important. A numbered list of questions. And here are kind of the questions in no particular order. But th- here's things I want to know, like how much are samples and is the sample fee refundable? Um, tell me about your packaging options. What sort of packaging options do you have available? Uh, can I modify the product and can I add or private label the product and, and you know, kind of customize things? I want to know that stuff, you know, kind of where they stand on all that, if, they, if it's going to be an easy process to do that. Um, I also want to know, hey, how long is, does it take to uh, complete a typical order? Is it 30 days, 40 days, 50 days, whatever it is? I just need to kind of know that. And also, too, I also like to ask, you know, what, what payment options do you guys have available? Okay, so... You know, is it just wire transfer or are there other ways that I can pay you guys? And again, if they're a, um, a contact that you found or a supplier you found on Alibaba, you know, just because they say they accept trade assurance on that Alibaba page doesn't mean that they'll actually want to let you use it. Okay. So it's really important. You just kind of throw that out there. How can I pay you? Just basic stuff to know so that there are no surprises later. Okay. So I send out that numbered list of questions and all I'm really doing is seeing how well they respond to it. How many days does it take them to respond? And what are the responses that I'm getting? Is the communication good? So all that stuff, I'm gonna kind of vet and compare. So I'm gonna send, again, those list of questions out to these handful of different suppliers. And again, I'm just kind of just waiting. I'm waiting for the responses. If they never respond back, you know, and it's been a handful of days, then forget them. I move on to the next one. I just cross them off, okay? So I'm, I'm just kind of whittling that list down. Again, judging how, how great the communication was, how great the answers were. You know, I want to kind of know too, like, are they going to be easy to work with? That's really important. So um, the next thing that I want to throw it out there too, and this is just what works for me. You might have a different uh, mindset on this, but initially when I'm making my initial uh, reach out, my initial inquiries, I avoid personally talking about things like minimum order quantity and pricing and all this and that. So what I find is that a lot of inexperienced sellers sometimes right off the bat, they start asking questions like, you know, what's the lowest amount of units I can order, you know, and they start, they start really throwing that kind of stuff out there. And the reps kind of reading that stuff or, you know, they, they look at that and they go, well, this person isn't going to be spending much money. They're not too serious. You know, why would I bother with them? Okay. So I don't want them to think that I'm just going to initially, you know, not place a big order or not spend much money with them. So I want to at least get those responses back. So I don't start talking about that stuff until further on in the inquiries as I'm kind of going back and forth with uh, with the rep that I'm um, dealing with. And then, you know, when I, when I start talking about pricing, I might word it out something like this. I might say, hey, can you give me uh, your, your pricing on this product that I'm interested in? And I'm looking, you know, what if I were to order 500 units, let's say 1,000 units, maybe 2,000 units, 5,000 units, or what have you. I want to see the ladder breakdown, like price per unit and how it's affected by quantity and stuff like that. And they don't know just on the, off of these communications how many units I might be ordering or thinking about ordering. They have no idea, but I just want to get a general um, consensus on where the pricing lies and stuff like that. And 
you know, what I typically do, this is what I typically do when I'm deciding on a supplier that I want to work with. Um, what I'll tell them after a while is I'll say, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in working with you guys and I want to place a quote unquote starter order. Okay. It's just a starter order to kind of test out their capabilities to test out their service and their product. And then if that starter order goes well, then I'll place regular orders of, you know, way more units, double the units or things like that. So I might say, Hey, I'm going to start out with just 500 units just for this order. And if everything goes well, then I'll be placing, you know, thousand, thousand uh, piece units or 2000 piece units or whatever. And usually when I frame it like that, they have no problem. When I kind of say, Hey, I don't know you guys. I've never worked with it before, vice versa. We're kind of experimenting here to see how well we do together. And I'm just testing your services, testing your product again. Uh, that's not going to be the normal order. That's just the initial. And when I lay things out and communicate that clearly like that to them, I've never had a problem uh, getting by with those initial small orders, okay? Just as long as they know that, again, I want to place bigger orders down the road if everything goes well, okay? So here's the really important parts, though. You got to frame everything that you communicate with them in terms of partnership, long-term relationship, win-win. Again, as I mentioned previously, they make money on commission a lot of times, okay? So that's their focus, to keep making money for their business and for themselves, okay? To put food on the table. So if you frame everything in those terms of like, hey, I'm gonna win here, you're also gonna win, and here's how, that's really important. So make sure that everything that you're doing is with that in mind. If you just kind of go at it, like you're just beating them into the ground on pricing, just complaining about pricing, and you don't offer like, hey, you know, you don't offer them a win on anything, then that's not good business practice. And typically the relationship is going to sour when that happens. Okay. So another little side note here, this isn't anything new, but just in case you're, if you're unaware, speaking of pricing, uh, check out the website 1688.com and you'll have to translate it to your language because it's going to be in uh, Chinese or Mandarin or whatever that, 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 uh, that it shows up in. And, um, you can check 1688.com sometimes to find out, um, pricing or just comparison pricing for what they're offering you to maybe what you could be getting on that particular product. So check that out as well if you're not familiar with 1688.com. So kind of uh, other things to keep in mind here though. So as I've mentioned a lot of times when you're dealing with these suppliers, it's really important to note or to ask them if they have a full product catalog, like a PDF or whatever. Uh, a lot of times what they have listed on their sites, their Alibaba site, their main regular website or whatever, isn't everything that they have capability of making. So you might be interested in getting some grill brushes made and or some other grilling accessories. And um, if you get their, their PDF or their full product catalog, you might see different variations of it that no other sellers are really seeing that they can make. And it might give you all sorts of ideas. And so it could be a, a, a huge advantage to you. And most, uh, most suppliers do have a PDF guide for their full product catalog, and it's not always updated on their, their regular sites and stuff like that. So other tips though, kindness helps. Okay. You're dealing with a real person. A lot of times it, the, the, uh, supplier reps are younger, kind of early twenties, just kind of, you know, getting their feet wet and things like that. But you have to take that into consideration, but kindness goes a long way. Other things too, clear communication, no slang. So the person that you're dealing with, English is probably their second language, okay? So 
slang. If you're, if you're, as you're typing things out or trying to word things, you have to keep, keep that into consideration that, you know, are you just, you know, are you, are you throwing too much slang in there? Do, you know, are they understanding what you're talking about? It's all about clear communication. There are so many times where I'm like writing to like trying to respond to my, uh, to my reps where I have to like delete everything and like frame it like, okay, how are they going to understand what I'm talking about here in simplest of terms? Okay. So other things too, building a rapport. This really helps a lot in all things in life, but especially business relationships. Don't just think that this is like, uh, you know, just because you can't see the person face to face that they're, you know, again, they're not a real human person with actual emotions and things like that. Building rapport will go a long way, help you a lot. And just basic things like ask them about themselves. Okay. Keep it business, but at the same time, don't be afraid to weave in questions about themselves. Praise and compliment them when they're doing a good job. Okay. Tell them that they're a rock star. They're doing amazing. You know, you love working with them. And also too, share about yourself. Share about yourself. Tell them about yourself. Share pictures and videos. It makes it human. Makes that human connection matter. And all that is really important when it does come time for you to, you know, maybe get a better price on an order or get an order completed faster or what have you. They're gonna go to bat for you because you've made that human connection. And it's not just business. You know, there's some sort of a human connection there. There's a rapport there. It will go a long way in this business. I've had so much. Uh, I, I, I don't want to call it like, I guess maybe benefit by building rapport. Just when I ask for things, you know, like, you know, not so often, but like, Hey, can I get this order completed a little bit quicker or whatever? You know, if, if I'm, if I'm treating them well and they like me and all this and that they'll go to bat for you. Okay. But if you're just very AB and it's just like, there's not a whole lot of interaction there than the order stuff, they probably don't really feel that for you to help you out and things like that. Okay. So kind of put that in your back pocket there. And it's also important to note, that after you've been doing this a while, you'll notice this, you're not going to have the same rep for your supplier, like forever and ever and ever and ever. They're going to get different jobs. They're going to get promotions, things like that. So that's, that's normal. So don't freak out if they come to you one day and say, Hey, I'm leaving the company. Okay. It's just, it's part of business and you're going to have to start over with somebody else. And that's just normal. And it happens. So don't be surprised. And side note here, you know, everybody wants to to get the best deal and the best price and all the profits they say are made, you know, from uh, from your purchase of the supply or your purchase from the product initially. That's where the profit's really made. Well, low prices are great, but it's not always the best idea to get the lowest prices possible because sometimes, if you're not careful, sometimes that factory will give you a great price, but they're going to skimp in other areas. They're going to skimp on the packaging quality or they're going to skimp on the material quality or whatever. There's always some, some trade-off. Okay. So there are certain cases as I've talked about on this podcast before that I'll spend maybe just a little bit more money per unit to go with certain suppliers that I know I can count on that the material quality is going to be great and everything is going to work out to my expectations. But it's the second that you start pounding somebody down on price that they might cut corners then because, you know, that's just the way it kind of works sometimes, okay? So just kind of put that in your back pocket there that going with the lowest price sounds great, might not always be the best option, okay? So hopefully that makes sense there. Now, what I want to do is just kind of quickly just recap before we get to the end of this podcast here. So as I mentioned, using sites like Alibaba, Global Sources, going to those trade shows, whatever, you know, people do the tours, they go to China and this and that. That's all cool. 
that's all cool, but that can be obviously very time consuming. And again, if you're using Alibaba, like, like most of us, again, very time consuming to kind of filter through just pages and pages and pages of, of, of suppliers. So as I mentioned, cut right to the chase, save yourself some time, use those public import records to kind of start developing your initial list of suppliers. Again, find those top, uh, top sellers, those top people in the niche, see who they're using if you can, if, you, if that data is available, see who they're using and using often. And that's a good sign, again, that they vetted them. And if they keep placing orders every month, then it's, it's good that you can start there and again, cut right to the chase. So again, as I mentioned, if you want to see the video of, of me breaking that down, go right to privatelabelershow.com forward slash one, two, three. That's privatelabelershow.com forward slash one, two, three. And in closing, I'll kind of leave you guys with this. The bottom line, when you're finding or looking for a supplier, there's going to, again, going to be a lot that you're, a lot of people you're talking to and different ones that uh, offer this or that. Always use your gut. I always use my gut at the end of the day when choosing to place those big orders, spending a lot of money with those suppliers. Always use your gut. Again, if somebody just, if it just doesn't feel right working with a particular rep in a particular uh, factory or supplier, even though they might have really good prices or whatever, something's not right, don't do it go with your gut. It usually never fails you. It usually never fails me. So I just kind of wanted to to throw that out there. So I'm going to kind of end it at that, everybody. Uh, Again, check the show notes for all the things I kind of mentioned here, especially those questions that you guys can use to send off to your uh, initial inquiries for your suppliers. And uh, again, you guys can find that. You guys know where to find that. I mentioned it a million times. So I'm going to leave it at that. And if you guys got questions on this, Jump in the Facebook group at privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. If you're not yet a member, make sure you join up with that. And again, ask away and let's start the conversation there. So have at it, guys. Have a great rest of the day. Later. This episode of the Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.